Seems like we better get going with the podcast just in case we lose power. Been a pretty rough one today. Yeah, we've already lost it once. I heard uh, gusts to 85 over um, Prince of Wales. I don't know if that was Craig or Cloak. Wow. And then at least one landslide. Yeah, between uh, Cloak and Control Junction, right? Oh, I heard uh, between Cloak and Hollis. Maybe there's two. Maybe I'm remembering. I don't know. I get emails about it at work. Oh. People are. <laughs> there was one um, also north of, or no, just south of uh, Ward Cove. So. Yeah, little guy, right? Yeah, there, I don't know how, but every single time there's a, um, another little slide right on that uh, first corner. But uh, it's just super rocky. There's no vegetation. It's just trees on top of that and it just comes yeah. over so, but they can usually get those uh taken yeah. care of pretty quickly i got a bunch of pictures of it again through the work email oh that's cool i want to see them um i'll show you later they're yeah. not that in- they're like pretty blurry through the rain but yeah. it's d- didn't look too bad so. yeah pretty pretty brutal but uh yeah so that's what we've got going on here probably gonna lose power so i gotta get this podcast uh, out um end of rut kind of coming here one of my students actually asked me if there's a second rut and i was like i don't know there's that kind of the last part of august is the pre-rut slash ruts really starting to get going like we went out the 20 and 21st the next weekend uh we got two and that seems like kind of peak rut in my eyes that last week maybe first week of november and then it tapers but then i would think that maybe toward the end things would kick back up to anything that hasn't like if if things haven't happened the way they need to happen, there might be a a, a second surge, I guess. But um, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I think for sure. Yeah, they they do say that you know there can be some more um, breeding happening later for any female that didn't already get bred. Um, but also, I wonder if that second rut is like. It kind of blows my mind sometimes, like the differences between here and Prince of Wales and how they're just a little bit later, it seems like. Yeah. Even though it's like, oh, it's it's right there. Like, it mm-hmm. doesn't seem like it should be different. And maybe that's just the way people hunt it, but. Um, yeah. I, I kind of told him, I said, well, it depends on where you're at. You know, some people say, um, well, the, the, the rut is different on uh, Prince of Wales versus over here. And then based on the amount of traffic that uh, the road system area gets over here, then that could be make it seem like a whole different rut or a whole different thing that it's already over because it's just been getting slammed for for so long yeah yeah that's a really good point about how you hunt it and what your expectation is for a deer coming in you know are they running in are they is there going to be a buck on every doe are they kind of cautiously probably in the trees watching you know yeah. so yeah yeah that was kind of our so just kind of start the recap here we went to a spot that had never been before it kind of scouted it out, but just seemed like, I don't know, it's maybe tough to get back in there. Um, you got to watch the wind because you're worried about skiff going dry or hitting rocks or just a whole bunch of things that come with, uh, with leaving the skiff. So we didn't want to go to some of the local docks where we knew there was going to be a lot of boats. And mm-hmm. it was right. At, at one of the docks that uh, we could have gone to, we got a, an accurate report out that there were 10 boats there. And they were uh, bumpering up on the sides of each other. But there's a pretty good network and everyone's just offloading their four-wheelers and just zipping around. So us with our e-bikes, we would have been at a disadvantage. But we would have gotten back somewhere and we would have camped with the hot tent. So 
Yeah, I mean, I, I was all for that plan. Um, <laughs> for the easy cruise of the road seemed pretty fun. Um, I just didn't want to deal with the stress of the because if we got one of those spots and all of a sudden another boat comes in, especially in the evening, like what do they do? Are they gonna are they gonna move our boat? Are they gonna yeah. tie up to the outside of it or? tie our boat to the outside of theirs because ours is a, a skiff so i yeah well and that was kind of our ultimate decider right was that for us going out after school friday we had just enough time to get to the dock and if we got there and there wasn't a spot for us then we'd have been kind of screwed yeah. so that's that was kind of our ultimate decider right was the docking yeah. space so turned out to be pretty good uh, the first uh, first time we went out there, 20th, 21st, uh, went out there. We didn't have the hot tent yet, so we just regular tent camped, but it was pretty warm, um, mm-hmm. fairly nice. Um, didn't see anything but saw some rubs, and so it made us pretty encouraged to come back next week when we come back. And that first weekend, being able to see the area, see the transition between a couple of these musk eggs and kind of get an idea of how we wanted to approach that first one. So went to that first musk egg, and it's frustrating going through that stinking timber. It's all second growth, so it's really open. Mm-hmm. You don't have the good um, occasional light in certain areas, so the, there's, the, the canopy doesn't allow a lot of that forage and stuff to grow underneath. So there's a couple of clumps where there's some bushes, but right on the edge of the muskeg, that scrub, it's just so stinking loud. And we've been up there, what, five or six times mm-hmm. now, and each time is a little bit different because you even look at your track on, on X, but you just get on the on the wrong side of one of the stumps or one of the trees and all of a sudden you're in stinking blow down and it's there's no trail going into it because all the trails kind of go on the outside the little game trails um so the second time we took a slightly different way to it and i think that made a difference um but um uh call it the first one doe no, that was the first week doe at the first week but nothing with the doe so that's what yeah. kind of encouraged us and so the second time we Stayed at that first one. Um, the idea was that I was going to split from you because sometimes the deer will kind of see where you're at. And then once they see you walk through, then they continue their normal whatever. So by me walking through the muskeg, we sat, called for 20 minutes, 30 minutes, something like that. Had some coffee. Yeah. Um, then I was going to walk through. So maybe things got back to normal. Um, and so you'd maybe have a have a chance but, uh, and then we'd meet up at the next uh, muskeg. There was a lot of Salal transition. And so I left, hiked up there, post up on the side of the second muskeg, and then hadn't been calling for too long. I took a long time kind of getting there, got, got set up, called a little bit, and then I see this buck just appear. It was just mm-hmm. there. I didn't. I was looking around. I didn't think that I was really looking to the right or left for too long. And then all of a sudden, so I didn't see the dip, the buck like appear. I just saw him there. I didn't see it walk up. I didn't see it come in. I didn't see anything. I just all of a sudden saw him there. And then I heard a deer call. I thought, there's someone else. And it didn't occur to me. This is like on the sp- split second. I was like, I didn't, it didn't occur to me that it was you that was letting me know that you were arriving at the edge of the musket just <laughs> to the left of me, like 15 yards or something yeah. like that. Or just, so as you're approaching, um, I say that there's deer, it's, straight at me so i don't have a shot there's a couple of branches that are in the way so as you're approaching there um what were you what were you thinking you're coming f- from the other muskeg you're showing up letting me know where you're at and all of a sudden it's on yeah well i was like i didn't see the buck from where i was standing and i was like calling and then i think i saw you had like an orange something and i was like 
why doesn't he call him back? Like, what the heck? I was like, okay, there he is. So I kind of like him just start striding over to you, and then you're like, buck, buck, buck. And I'm like, ah. Oh. So I get down, and I'm like, shoot, did I, you know, spook it or something? And, uh, yeah, I'm looking over at you, and you're up looking through your scope, and I'm like, why isn't he shooting the thing? I mean, it's quartering a little bit, but, like, I feel like that's, you know, it was a it was a fine shot. And I, I, didn't, I didn't really realize that I guess there was, like, some brush in front of you. And so then I think you looked over at me, and you were like, get on it, get on it. Yeah. And I was like, okay, I'll shoot it. <laughs> I had I, I put myself just behind. There's just two small cedar trees, and I put myself behind them to kind of break up so I wasn't totally exposed. But then when I tried to kneel and shoot, there was a branch in the way. If I tried to, like, lay down, there was too many branches at the bottom. So I was, just like, perfectly corked uh, by the spot I was in. So I was trying to not make my motion all you know, too horrible, but we were kind of in the shadows. The sun was kind of behind us. So I mm-hmm. think that helped play it in. And it wasn't a, a huge buck. It was still very curious when it was standing there. So luckily you got ready. Yeah. Yeah. I think the sun was perfect for us. It was like right behind us early morning, low on the horizon. Um, Cause I, he did like, you know, when I did end up, I felt a little bad shooting him because I was like, Oh, Jeff called this buck in. <laughs> <laughs> but like he was starting to get kind of like twitchy. Like they kind of get looking around and like, so I was like, uh, we better better just shoot him. Um, Jeff can have the next one. Yeah. He had a good shot on it. It uh, took off. I knew it was hobbled. Um, so, and we talked about, because this was like peak rut time, that if one of us gets a buck, the other should continue the circuit mm-hmm. that we'd done the week before because we knew where we were going to be. We knew um, what that was going to look like. So uh, you went to look for it. Um, yeah, I was pretty like thrown because there was no blood and I don't know, like you were pretty confident that I hit it, but I was like, did I hit it? And and I I searched a pretty I kind of assumed that he went the easiest path or maybe I just wanted to search the easiest path first. So I think it took me about 45 minutes to find him. Um when I kind of tracked him from where he was when I shot him out to where he was, it was about a tenth of a mile. Um, but it was like up into this like pretty brushy stuff where he kind of went up there and bedded down. The shot was a little far back. Um, so maybe just got like one long and yeah. Um, but I think he kind of went back up probably where he was bedded before and just kind of bedded up and died there. Um, yeah. It was that long and liver cause it was a pretty, mine was pretty much straight, str- a straight on view. Yours was a little bit quartering. So mm-hmm. like you didn't miss by much. It wasn't like you gut shot it or anything. And then we were shooting the uh, the Hornady ELDX, their 145 grain, and that thing just went through it. Yeah. I think that maybe explained a little bit of the um, lack of blood. And then it does kind of the thicker fur. Um, yeah. So yeah. it did, didn't have it didn't hit in a spot where the shock was just going to put it down. And you know, typically that's kind of what happens. Like you don't have it leave the muskeg, but once it gets in that brush, it's so hard to find anything. Cause it's just, yeah. it's so thick. And if they do fall into something or a little hole or, I mean, it takes, it takes a bit. And then the fall colors of the muskeg, all the green stuff has died. And yeah. so now the colors of the muskeg are red and orange and yellow and those colors. So it's really tough to pick up any, anything at all. Yeah, and I think what surprised me the most was that he'd, he'd kind of gone downhill and he'd crossed this little draw and then he'd gone back, back up. And he didn't go up far, but like, you know, I've just always been told like, oh, when they're injured, they go down. Yeah. And so that was the last spot I searched, but. Yeah. 
So I went and did a circuit, came back. Uh, you had the buck. We went back to camp. Mm-hmm. Um, hot tent. That was awesome. Yeah. Because we'd set that up. Actually, we'd got there. We'd set it up. And so we had the first night in there, which was really nice. And so we came back from there and just those long hours to be able to kind of get dry. And it was mm-hmm. a beautiful day, but it was, there was a, there was some, uh, dew on the mm-hmm. brush. And so you're like, you're going through, you're fighting through all this stuff. You're sweating yeah. on the inside and then you're getting the water off the brush. And so you end up getting kind of wet. Uh, so it was nice to be able to get totally dried, wake up, uh, in the morning and then ran, um, we were going to run a similar program. But mm-hmm. we just stopped at that first muskeg. And as we were actually coming out, we found a different way that may have been a little bit easier, we thought. Uh, then we got corked by the high tide. So we're trying to make it just, yeah. just get down to the beach. But it was an 18-foot tide. And I thought there might be a little bit of a break, but we couldn't just, like, sneak around. We had our boots on, but we couldn't – our rubber boots, but we mm-hmm. couldn't sneak around the edge. So that kind of kind of sucked. We waited a little bit. but So we went that way up, so we approached that muskeg from a different – angle that first muskeg where we saw the doe the week before um the day you shot yours we didn't see anything um but it was a little bit lower in that muskeg and i wonder if we approach from that other side if they can see things a little bit better or if that's the side that i don't know something about it so it it seemed nice to be able to kind of come up in that draw a little bit not be as exposed um sat down and before i could even like get camera or anything else out, blew the call, and then all of a sudden the buck just appears and just starts assaulting this uh, little cedar and yeah. looking right at me. Pretty similar shot to, to yours. He did step a little bit broadside, but a really tight quartering. Mm-hmm. Same sort of thing, like nicked the lung, uh, hit liver, and didn't see exactly where it went. just kind of disappeared in the salau, went up and over this little hump, and then down the other side across a little strip of a muskeg. And... Uh, ended up dying there, but it took a little bit to find him. In fact, we kind of left that area, did another little circuit, and came back uh, to look for him because I thought if he's not just dead, maybe he bedded down. And yeah. um, so I was hoping, but I, I, I kept saying, I don't know how I missed. I, I just don't know how I could have missed because I had a nice rest. Mm-hmm. But um, again, if, if you do miss a little bit, and I was just a little bit to the left, and so you don't get any of that shock factor by double lunging or you don't get the on the um, heart or you mm-hmm. don't. Yeah. Well, so. and what I've realized actually is that the, a lot of the other animals that I've killed, I actually shoot them like in the front shoulder and that just puts them yeah. down immediately, yeah. but you lose a lot more meat that way. So I actually prefer that, um, kind of further back shot, but it does mean that, I don't know. And even like I can't remember if it was yours or mine, but there was quite a bit of damage in that lung area. But I, for whatever reason, they can just go further. Yeah, I know? think maybe with the blood going and whatnot. That's the that's the the only two times that I've ever had a, a muskeg buck go very far. Because again, usually it's a pretty quick shot, and a lot of times, you know, if if you're airing on one of the sides, you end up hitting the the shoulder, nicking the shoulder, so it's not going anywhere, or you hit the harder area and just massive trauma down. Mm-hmm. Uh, I did have one standing shot at a at a buck from. 20 feet shot it right in the in the neck and just dropped it but uh, that was the first time they had it and then back-to-back days so i was thought, i i don't know how like is my scope way off how, how does this how does this happen how do i miss and so i ended up that i, that I didn't which is good so back-to-back days was awesome uh mm-hmm. nice forky for you a little three by for me um and then we just 
couldn't go back the next weekend because it was just horrible weather. Yeah. And that was unfortunate because that was, if if that, the day that I circle on the calendar is whatever weekend days are by Halloween. So that was like the 29th or something like that. Was that? Uh, when we killed the two bucks. Yeah. Yeah, it was the weekend before Halloween. Um, that's the the latest in October. That's that's my my favorite weekend. And so the next weekend after that is kind of like this is you know this is the weekend also be out there, but uh, mm-hmm. couldn't get out anywhere um, with the boat. So settled for kind of the local thing, and it was just the feeling you get when you're hunting a spot that a whole bunch of other people have hunted and have been calling since August. It's just a such a different feel and seeing boot prints. And so we tried to go higher than everybody else, and uh, I ended up getting pretty high up there um mm-hmm. just about to the spot where we camped for for alpine and called in one small crab claw mm-hmm. but uh there's nothing else with it and he just wonder if calling is effective like people are still getting deer in that area but I mean, you just you don't have that same sense of if i'm just quiet and do things right i'm gonna get a chance you think man is uh, are they so used to humans that by calling you're just alerting them and they're going to take off it's 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 fun but not nearly as fun as getting some land to yourself yeah yeah and i really thought we went up to that spot that we were gonna be able to glass a lot further and it ended up just fogging in on us and we couldn't see anything so that was unfortunate yeah then naturally as soon as we were leaving um it cleared up a little bit it was just more of a sucker hole so it was good we didn't step there but that was a that was a grunden's day that was just uh not uh not trusting rain gear uh, we both have the uh, M7 Stone Glacier pants, which I really like. They're pretty yeah. tough. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of brush that we've been going through since uh, since we got them, and mm-hmm. you know they definitely hold up. We had them on the caribou hunt, did some alpine hunts, and as soon as you stop walking, you start to get really cold. And so there's just enough insulation uh, in those, which which is nice. But uh, a day like like that was just that was a Grunin's day. Yeah, it was just gonna yeah. be too soaked and it's not that the pants are bad i really really like the pants it's just there's appropriate use there's a threshold for everything especially a, a rain yeah. pant that's that's breathable so i definitely like the pants definitely would recommend the pants but you know there's just applications that you know are beyond breathable yeah for sure rain pants so uh back in the game last weekend uh head out and uh couldn't get out there right after school we were after work on Friday, mm-hmm. so we just had to do a one-nighter. But um, ran the same circuit, checked the game camera, a couple, uh, couple deer on there. Um, didn't see anything in this. There's like three musk eggs. There's the, fr- the initial one where I got mine, the second one where you got wor- yours. There's a small creek, and then these two great musk eggs split in the middle by some of this yellow cedar, just like a little rise. Mm-hmm. And man, I cannot believe we have not even seen a doe in that area. There was yeah. a three by in the game camera this last weekend, but There's it looks so good. So much sign in there. Yeah. And we've called in there, we've sat in there, we've approached it from different angles, but nothing there. So we went through um, corridor and then got all the way up to clear cut. And we'd split shortly. But mm-hmm. then I come back to meet you at the clear cut and. I see you and you're behind this stump and you say, there's a buck, there's a buck. And I was like, oh, cool, there's a buck, there's a buck. And you said, he's tall. I thought, oh, is that, she's excited because it's like a tall forky 
or she's saying, hey, you know, it's not real big, but it's tall. Like, what was that that tone? I couldn't really tell. And they put my binos up, and I thought, oh my gosh, that thing's huge. All of that is huge. It's not just tall. Yeah. Um, I think I was just like, all I could really see was that he was tall. Like, he was pretty <laughs> far away, um, kind of across this clear cut. And I kind of was like, I just didn't want to, I didn't want to know. I didn't want to like be like, oh, this is like an awesome deer. And, uh, and then I miss it or like, I don't get a shot or whatever. So I was like, okay, just like, and also I was super flustered because my scope was like just all wet, just a mess. I'd been like probably cleaning it for like five minutes before you showed up. <laughs> um, so I was like, okay, like let's, let's get ourselves in order before we count our chickens And that's just here. from brush. That's not even from rain. It hadn't rained at all. It was just the, the dew, the brush, the, uh, it, I don't know. It might've rained. It, it did, rained. No, it did, it, it did rain. It rained on us when we were butchering. It rained on us when we were at the second muskeg, when we were calling there. And I got kind of irritated because it wasn't supposed to rain. Yeah, that's right. We got right. like a full-on downpour. That was horrible. Yeah. Yeah, and I didn't have like anything dry to freaking dry yeah. my scope with. So anyways, I got it dry. And then I kind of got on him, but I could only see like his head. And then the rest of his body was behind brush. So I was like, and... um. I was kind of nervous because I'd kind of walked into that spot, like, not really stealthy or anything, and just, like, wailed on the call and sat down, and then almost immediately I put the binos up, and I was like, oh, this guy's staring right at me, like, <laughs> did he just watch me walk down? And then you w- walk down, and I'm like, oh, gosh, like, but we must have been just kind of far enough away, kind of in the shadows, um... So I got on him and didn't have a rangefinder actually. So that was the other thing that made me nervous was I was like trying to judge distance on Onyx, looking at the contours, being like, okay, he's got to be here. It's got to be 150, 200 yards. Still couldn't tell you. Probably about 200. Yeah. Um. So yeah. Anyways, got settled on him and then. It's nice to have such a good rest because I saw that you were you were using the the stump. Then we put your yeah. gloves underneath, so there's two points of contact to rest it on, so it wasn't just kind of teetering on the edge of the oh, stump. Yeah. So it was like super yeah. nice rest and massive, like probably three foot wide, yeah. three foot diameter stump. Yeah, it was nice. Um, and uh, yeah, I think I think I was like I was like kind of like I looked at you and I was like, should I take the next shot? Like, and you're like, oh, maybe I'll just like try a little call, see if we can. So he did, and sure enough, he just like took one more step. Yeah, and I didn't see the step either. Like, but I didn't see him. I just I called, and the next time I looked up, he had he had moved, and it's it brought me back. And I've never seen deer. I know that they're super super stealthy, and sometimes they just appear. But it was amazing this summer or in in July that buck that was behind the rock, mm. and how I never saw it move. And I'd look at the goat, and I'd look back at it, and all of a sudden, like. I, I couldn't see its eyes, but then I could see its eyes. Then I could see its head. So I never actually saw it move, but he just, in such yeah, they're so slow, diligent, meticulous. And then he was able to just like up and run. It was like all four feet were just like ready to spring. And he'd like move them around. And the same thing with your buck that all of a sudden it looked like the exact same pose, but now his entire flank was open. I never saw him walk or step and I wasn't watching the entire time, but just how they can re- be so still the head neck and everything else still so still but 
but just moved a little bit and man that was mm-hmm. that was crazy but yeah got him yeah which yeah i made i made the shot but then i was super nervous because i was like oh if this guy goes another tenth of a mile in this clear cut like <laughs> this can be a nightmare finding him yeah um which thankfully he didn't yeah he, i just i kept watching him on the yeah, through the binos and i saw that when he disappeared into some of the brush, the brush kept moving, not like he'd gone through it mm-hmm. and it was just, it was still moving. So I was like, oh, he's, he's got to be down right there. And it was pretty easy to find. And we moved across that musket pretty easily. It's, uh, yeah, the clear cut. Or, yeah, uh, clear cut. It was, um, kind of a north facing. And so it didn't have a whole lot of sunlight. So it wasn't grown up, um, as far as, uh, some of those other areas that gets a lot of sunlight. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was perfect. Big yeah. buck. Yeah, it was awesome. I was like, man. Yeah, I can't believe it just worked out so perfectly, and it was just such a beautiful buck. I mean, just tall, thick. Yeah. I don't know if I'll... I've never seen a nicer buck. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's great, um, especially because you were kind of down on rut hunting, and sometimes <laughs> I, I get down on rut hunting too and like the promise was in the off-season joke that we we're going to just shoot all of our deer in the alpine this year <laughs> and then neither one of us shoots uh, a buck in the alpine but we did get two mountain goats so it's not like really yeah. complaining but um yeah to have that success back-to-back weeks so three bucks for us in in eight days was just well there was a there's a gap that we didn't have oh, yeah, that yeah, weekend yeah, but right, yeah there. but yeah i mean it felt like it was like oh yeah this yeah. is this is fun. We're getting some hole. action and honey hole, yeah. yeah. So, yeah, that was uh that was great. Got that back to to camp and then this last weekend went out uh, with Ryan for just Sunday because Saturday was pretty nasty and, and yesterday was it was kind of weird that it was just one nice day, pretty chilly. Mm-hmm. But typically you see a weather system come in, um, and it alters for a couple of days. So it's either weather, weather system yeah. makes it nasty, but then when it clears, it's clear usually for a day or two rather than like 16 hour window. It was a pretty small window. And now mm-hmm. this thing is just horrible. But, um, yeah, I went back to the same spot, uh, a n- nice three by on the game camera in that, in that middle split muskeg, but I yeah, didn't even see a doe. Um, tried to call, went back to the clear cut, found a couple other trails off that. Cause that, that clear cut as a, as a high point, that upper edge of clear cuts tend to be where you can see embedded down. They can see a lot and they can move from the clear cut, um, back into the safety of, uh, the timber pretty easily. And it's pretty loud in there. So, um, just felt like I was back in them, but I didn't think I spooked anything. Sometimes you're, you're listening and you're so quiet and then you, you hear like a thump thump, like it is a deer that's bounding off, but was that just my heart? Like, I don't know what it was, but it was, I don't say it was frustrating, but I just really thought based on the weather breaking, Saturday was bad. Sunday would be the day and it just wasn't. So it's now, uh, yeah. Do you think we've hit that spot a little too hard or like they're kind of used to us? Yeah, I think we've going the same route. I think it makes us a little bit more predictable and they can get bumped off. And I think a lot of those areas are, it's not the n- one nice muskeg in a long area or in a, in a wide area. So they can just bump 100 yards, 50 yards off into something and be totally fine, still run the same program, maybe a little bit at night or something. So it's it's just a target-rich environment. So, 
yeah, I don't know if it's a matter of, because we, we didn't even see at that split musket, we didn't even see a buck when it was, when we thought maybe no one else was there. And I still don't know how many people are walking through, if anybody. Yeah. But yeah, um, angle, there's a couple of those high spots that are just covered in salal that you think, oh, that's where they're at. They're, they're looking down on us. Or as soon as they see us emerge into the muskeg on the far side, they're out the backside. So yeah. this le- yesterday I I glassed across the muskeg looking at those high points and tried to adjust my angle just to look for a bedded buck on the far side in the salal. Just that was I wasn't going to see anything in the muskeg. I was going to call a thing out. I was expecting to have to glass something up. And man, I I looked, I looked, and I tried to turn a couple of branches into antlers, but just didn't happen. So I really like the spot, a lot of different terrain, variety. Um, I don't know if it's great overwinter habitat. Some of the stuff is a little bit thicker. Um, and they, they will have some, some forage, but if there's a deep snow, if there's a lot of snow, I don't, that's not great. I mean, where else would they go though? I don't know. I, I mean, yeah, it absolutely has to be. And I think yeah. maybe some of those lower areas that timber that doesn't get logged or the second growth now that's a little bigger, know, probably yeah. 75. I mean, there's canopy to take a good amount of the snow out of there, but then you don't have a whole lot of food. whatnot. it's not used as much. We didn't see nearly as much sign in there, but it's probably, they'll adjust to that once they're out of the musk eggs and stuff. But uh, yeah. yeah, I really like the spot. And I think probably it's just because we had success there. I've fallen in love with a couple of spots that were really good, but I never end up getting bucks. I'm like, well, I actually hate this spot. I feel like there should be a buck there. I spent a lot of time there, expect it to pay off, but it doesn't. But this spot is this spot is cool. We could use the the skiff and then the hot tent to dry out. And it's yeah. a seek outside Red Cliff. I keep calling it the hot tent, but yeah, it's that's great. Um, um, chorizo, kielbasa, spicy Italian. Bone broth, backstrap, tenderloin tacos, had heart. Mm-hmm. It was about two day, three day soak in uh, milk. Yeah, something tacos, like that. Yeah, so, um, yeah, super great season. Still uh, a couple more weeks uh, we can get out. Maybe this uh, Thanksgiving week. Uh, the weather will be good enough to take the skiff out somewhere. It'll be a lot of fun. But it is nice to be in a spot where we've had some really good fun hunts. And then three deer, two goat, and half the caribou from Ryan. Like, I mean, it's yeah, pretty stinking nice. Meat. Plenty of meat. A lot of adventures. So, But, yeah, what's uh, what's been the I, – I'm assuming the, the deer is the best part. But what's something you've really enjoyed about Rudd? Or what else about the experiences made you – not as anti-rut as before. I mean, the hot tent is a big part of it. Staying warm and just having, like, space to just do whatever and kind of, like, have little activities when it's dark, like, stoking the fire and, like, cooking over it and stuff. Standing up. Yeah, standing up. <laughs> um, the condensation is – it's not a huge deal. You get condensation in a tent, too. Um but uh, it was raining, and there was condensation. So every time the rain would hit the tent, it would kind of drop down some condensation. So I didn't sleep really well. Yeah. But, yeah, just to be warm, to be able to wake up, 
start the fire and be warm. Have mm-hmm. your coffee when it's warm. Get some breakfast when it's warm. So you're not just dreading. You're just staying in the tent cold and you're throwing your clothes on that are damp and then getting out of the tent. It's yeah. I hate the term game changer, but man, that's that's just a fun yep. thing to even do, even if it's not hunting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I get to have. I made some pancakes one morning. Yeah, which I was pretty excited about. Um, yeah. But gear, anything that uh, really worked or stuff that you liked? How do those uh, M7 fit? They're uh, small because Stone Glacier doesn't have women's sizes right now. But how do those pants? How's pants feel? Yeah, I mean they they fit great. I think my only complaint is they're like a little bit short, mm. um, which is kind of. I mean, I'm not that tall, so it's a little bit like. I guess in the bigger sizes they have kind of like a tall size, but. I think they might be, or that might be because of the use of gaiters. Yeah, I think which they might I'm be a little bit shorter, so you don't have. I really like the gaiters. It's. It's super nice because you get a lot of extra, like that is the part of the leg that is always in contact with brush. Sometimes the brush is not knee high. Sometimes it's thigh high. It varies, but that's always the part that's going to be sinking down into the muskeg, walking through the brush. That's the stuff that's just going to get a lot more saturated. And if the pants were long, then they could kind of sag a little bit. So I I think the gaiters are just, super super nice to wear and um, if you do step into the muskeg and it would go over your boot the gaiters right there to keep it from from going over yeah. but i wore my extra or my uh grunden's boots so. yeah i wear my grunden's boots too so it wasn't a problem the other like this is super weird other weird thing about those pants i think it's because like as a woman my hips are like a little wider like the fly will just like unzip itself <laughs> um. <laughs> and it's like like they they feel like they fit great, like they don't feel tight or anything, but somehow that zipper just mm. like works itself down. It could be the because um, you can the velcro part of the fly you can adjust that, so maybe that's a little bit too tight. I think that happened a little bit with my De Havilland pants, where if, I don't know if it was too loose or too tight, but it just kind of made things weird, and so in the walking motion, it just like the angle it, yeah. unzipped it. Yeah. So you so. got to watch out. Keep keep zipping it back up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but I like the yeah they're 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 well designed yeah, pants. But I, really, I yeah the I I don't like the fact that there's no like buttoner stuff in the middle. There's that built-in belt, but it just oh I'm a huge fan of the built-in belt. But the, I I don't mind but uh built-in belts, but the fact that the top of the fly, like where the pants yeah. come together, there's no anchor point. So that's true. I think that's also part of the reason why the fly unzips itself. Yeah, that could be. Um, if if maybe we should just attach the built-in like one of the built-in buckets to that side or just anchor it down like i, I don't because if you keep moving around you, you're stepping over stuff at some point like pressure isn't just going to keep those two pieces of fabric together it's gonna yeah it's gonna move so um yeah i don't I love the pants though they're great yeah they are super nice i like them a lot um and the stone glacier sleep bags have been nice too i like that you can roll over in them they're mm-hmm. a mummy bag, but then you're going to have open air, which could be cold. So there's more space where you can roll over with your shoulders and not um, take the bag with you. But then anytime you have open air. So, uh, yeah, I, 
love it. It's been, uh, been a lot of fun. The skiff's been so much fun to be able to go out there and and get after it. Um, tent's been great, so yeah, it's been a lot of fun. Just uh, be nice to have a little bit more weather. Just a couple more days. Just maybe one or one, yeah, just one more camp trip. If we can get one more trip, that'd be great. I'd like to go more, but because you know January, February are gonna be pretty. Yeah. Lean months. So. I'd like to get some some good weather to go out in. Maybe stay at a cabin, just yeah. Hang out, do some fishing or something. Yeah. Maybe some duck hunting if you talk me into it. Yeah, yeah. Lots of lots of stuff to do right now. So, anything else? That's all. All right. Well, uh, thanks for listening. Um, go ahead and do all the. Uh, you, you know the game. You know that uh, likes and comments and all stuff like that really helps out with viewership and to to help the algorithm and whatnot. So. Um, if you feel compelled, then uh, go ahead. We definitely appreciate it. Talk to you next time.